From the east to the west, this is the Coast to Coast NBA Podcast. I'm Chalanga. And I'm Dylan. What's up, folks? We're back. It's been a little while. Hi, Dylan. Oh, it feels so good to be back in my booth. Oh, yeah. It, it feels good to be back in my guest bedroom. <laughs> I, I'm confined to a space that's about four by four. I have a little window that looks out into the rest of the studio, and uh, but it's feeling pretty good in sunny California. I don't get I don't get any of the weather from in here. Are you describing heaven to me right now? Uh huh. Because that's what it sounds like. I'm just locked. My I locked myself in here, and <laughs> all I'm doing is NBA research for uh, the next three hours. I guess I didn't. I, re- I didn't. I didn't do any pre- uh, previous research. Good. I'm I'm going into this one blind too. So uh, last time we did research, we ended up going for four hours and having to split it up into four pods. So let's let's uh, try to let's try to be pithy. This is feeling only. All right. So I guess. Um, <laughs> Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast Feelings Podcast. Today I'm feeling sad. Actually, it's really rainy oh, here. Me too. It's a nor'easter. My first one on the East Coast. What's a, what's that? I don't know. That's just what people are saying. Uh, <laughs> everywhere I go, like, hey, you know, there's a nor'easter coming this weekend, uh, so watch out. It just means it rains a lot, is what I've gathered. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah, so perfect day for a pod. Um, I, we don't have any of those. We, it's it, it's rained for an entire day once since I've been living out here for the second time. Do you need me to mail you some water, like just a Ziploc bag of rainwater? Sure. Um, just don't put a bomb in it. All right. Hey. Uh, so the NBA season started, and it's awesome. I love it so much. This is the best NBA season I've ever really been a part of, I think. Yeah. Maybe other than 03, 04? Uh, you know, I didn't really watch basketball at that point. I got to be honest. I was a, I was a late fan. Wait, what? You weren't? You weren't a part of the KG MVP season? No, I wasn't. It oh. sucks. It's I know. Like, tr- dude, I know. I Chalanga, you needed to be a Boy Scout, literally, because Boy Scouts would get free tickets to games. I remember going with my dad, and we would just go up to the uh, – this was during the MVP years of uh, Kevin Garnett, and I would be rooting for Troy Hudson the whole time and, <laughs> and yelling out, T-Hud, from the nosebleed section. Now I do think that I, I I went to a couple games. I used to sing the choir I was in as a kid. Used to sing the national anthem occasionally, oh, at, yeah. at uh, Timberwolves games. So I went a couple times, but I wasn't a fan. You know, that's not the word I would use to describe myself. I was baseball at that point. I was all about the Twins. Oh God! I know it sucks. What did your What did your black friends? How did they make fun of you for that? Uh, well, a lot of them were on my baseball team too. And honestly, what? like the when like kids, the thing you have to remember about kids is that most of them aren't actually sports fans unless they're playing it. Like I work at an elementary school right now, and not a single person, not a single kid in that school cares about the NBA. They just care about playing basketball and Whoa. saying Steph Curry when they shoot. But they don't. They don't actually watch nba games it's too late for them oh yeah from on the east coast it's so late Mm -hmm. i get that i totally get that but don't they they don't why wouldn't they love basketball i mean like 
they love basketball. They just don't love the NBA. It's different. Oh, I see. You know? I like, for for example, this one kid came into school, like, decked out in Knicks gear. I was like, oh, what's up? Who's your favorite Knicks player? And he's like, uh, Melo. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay, man. Cool. (laughs) Basketball is so empowering for uh, dark people, you know? It's the most empowering sport in the world. Definitely. Uh, for people of color and or at least for black people specifically mm-hmm. um and I, I i just i don't get why when you were a kid you weren't like oh i get to see michael jordan who looks a little or who has pigment to his skin rather than like baseball which is all white guys and a lot of hispanic people i guess too Maybe. right well i mean p- part of it is that baseball is what i played as a kid, another part of it is like the struggles of black identity as a mixed kid with an immigrant dad, you know? So I like, right. I've never like 100% naturally like connected with black culture in that way because that was like the, 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 what the ideal of black culture is in a lot of people's minds is not a representation of my life. You know, my, right. my black culture comes from my African culture and it comes from my experiences as a black person. Um, so, uh, yeah, I didn't always connect with black American things until later in my life when I was like really confident and comfortable with who I was. Because I had a lot of insecurities and self-consciousness as a kid uh, around my racial identity. Hey, I'm here for you, Chalanga. That was really sweet. That was real talk. Mm-hmm. We got we got hot takes and we got real life uh, emotions that come out on this pod. Um. Um. <laughs> so wait, what country is your dad from? He's from Cameroon. There's a famous. Uh, there are a lot of famous soccer stars from Cameroon. Yeah, Mbappe, dude. Um. Oh yeah, Mbappe. And there's plenty of basketball players from Cameroon too. Joel Embiid, Luke Richard, Luke Richard and Bamute. Um, Do you? Wait, oh, so th- is this why you love those guys? Yeah. Yeah. It, that's an interesting it's a big look part of into it. the psyche of Chalanga. Nick Batum is half Cameroonian. Wait, is Chalanga a Cameroonian name? or You was... know it. It's it's a little bit Pan-African, um, but yeah. Like if like if you look up Chalanga, the first thing that comes up is a Kenyan runner, um, Sam Chalanga. How'd you get the last name Langison then? Uh, I believe the original name was just Langa, and then uh, it was colonialized, added the S-O-N. Um, oh, so you sounded more Aryan like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to That's sound hilarious. white, trying to pass, motherfuckers. Wait, uh, I've heard a rumor that your middle name is also Langa. No, that's, uh, that's so false. Uh, whoever's okay. spreading those rumors, uh, and honestly, it was probably me because I think that it, was what I said when I <laughs> <laughs> first came to college. That's just how I introduced myself. Yeah, it was you. <laughs> That's awesome. I hope there are a lot of people out there who still believe that. Um, no, my middle name is Elias. Uh, so oh, that's that does not flow off the tongue as well. I know it's too bad. It's too bad. It, it, in fact, it kind of disrupts everything else, so I'm just going to pretend you don't have a middle name then. Yeah, that's true, because it, it rolls. But although, I will say, I think Chalenga Elias Langison, like, Elias is such, like, a strong, almost it is. regal name. 
Um, I do like the name Elias on its own. It's just Chalanga Langison is just so easy to say. And then you go to Chalanga Elias. You have to do a uh, glottal stop in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. It it really does break it up. What's your la- what's your middle name? Giles. Ooh, it, <laughs> I love that. With, the, with a J, so it's kind of oh really. Uh, like not a white way of spelling it you know my yeah. dad got really got really um so there's a giles like g-i-l-e-s and that's in like um there's a giles Corey in the crucible but my dad was like i want to name him jared and my mom wanted to name me miles and then he was just like let's go with giles i like it and then uh now there are like the only other people in the world named Giles with a J are black people. So it's it's my connection. <laughs> <That's> there's like <laughs> a Dil- there's a Dylan Giles who's a defensive end in the NFL or was a good college prospect at least. Um, so yeah, never heard of him, and that is uh that's quite the connection, <laughs> quite the connection. Um, <laughs> Anyway, let's get to the NBA. What, do you have a favorite game so far before we really get rolling? Have you watched a game that you were like particularly enamored by? In particular, it was Detroit Philly. Ah, yeah. Overtime game? Yeah, that mm-hmm. that was amazing. Uh and we will get back to that in just a second. Do you have a favorite game? Oh, I do. Uh I watched the Denver Nuggets versus Golden State Warriors 198 game. Oh my god, it was really good. Um I didn't get to watch that one. It but... was so good. It ended with a fucking block. I love Oh my god. It was <laughs> It was so cool. Uh and I was up super late to watch it. Um cuz I'm on the East Coast and I couldn't fall asleep afterward cuz it was so exhilarating. Um and uh Nikola Jokic looks really fucking good and uh that Nuggets team which I'll talk about later, hopefully. Um, looks pretty awesome. I gotta be honest. I preferred the Lakers Nuggets game. That that if was I also were good. To talk about a Nuggets game, just because we have to stay in the camp of Carl Anthony Towns. Like this is a serious thing now. Nikola Jokic has overcome Carl Anthony Towns, and I'm not okay with it. Dude, I'm so sick of the Carl Anthony Towns hate. You see that thing that's floating around how JaVale McGee is better than Carl Anthony Towns this year? Like, the, they go side by side with their stats. And it's absolute bullshit. I saw that. It's absolute bullshit. I think I sent it to you. Um, <laughs> I I sent, I saw it and sent it to everybody but I know. To me, you sent the Boogie Cousins stats. Oh, yeah. He got ejected. <laughs> uh, who was that? We can shout out to uh, that guy. What is it? Rob... Uh... Who's Rob Perez? Rob Perez, worldwide wob. Shout out to Rob Perez for his great uh, content. Thanks, Rob. Let's talk about the Wolves, though. So as I was saying, this season has been really interesting. It gives me hope for when Jimmy Butler is gone. I was feeling very depressed about the the state of the Wolves post Jimmy Butler, and I still don't think they're going to be good. But um, I like what I'm seeing. Tom Thibodeau seems what? like, yeah. I mean, so the like the wins and losses aren't good, um, and Car- the losses are terrible. Um, and Carl Anthony Towns doesn't look amazing, 
But I just can't wait until Carl Anthony Towns is added to this team. It's going to be amazing when Carl starts playing. I know. Well, I think when Jimmy's out, that will help Carl play, right? <laughs> I literally saw a moment where Cat <laughs> was coming over to Jimmy to post up. And Jimmy passes it to Jeff Teague. Seriously. He... That's the meanest thing he could possibly do. Yeah, Jimmy will not pass Carl the ball. It, it's just never going to happen. And Jimmy has the ball in his hand so much that... I mean, the, Carl's best game was when Jimmy was out, right? Well, Jimmy's not going to play well until he's off ball, too. I think we've already discussed that. Yep. Um, yeah. But the, the So the reason why it gives me hope is that, uh, like, the the... Pace of play is much higher. Um, the substitutions are coming more frequently. There's better mixing of lineups. Um, Josh Okogi started in place of the injured Andrew Wiggins instead of Derrick Rose. Josh Okogi is actually getting legitimate playing time, which is awesome. That uh, Did you expect that? He might have started two games, but he definitely started the game that Jimmy Butler was out. And that was amazing. And last night, he was really on fire. I was watching him on both ends of the court just have more hustle than anyone on the court. And that was really heartening because he also has that athleticism. So once he puts together all of that with some really great basketball skill, uh, which he has some of, but he needs to work a little bit, I think, on his shot. And uh, I think he also needs to work a little bit on being consistent because I think he'll be he'll be uh, causing a lot of turnovers and stuff early on. But he seems to have his heart in it, which is something that I guess this team has lacked for a long time. Yeah, I like how confident he looks on the offensive side of things, you know, like even though the shot doesn't necessarily go in very much, he like looks comfortable, confident. Um, and he, he's, he's such a hustler. He had 11 boards the other night. Um, and I, I just like watching him, he w will sprint from the three point line to go get the board on almost every play. Uh, guards getting rebounds just that shows hustle. Yeah. I know that it's a Russell Westbrook kind of stat padding type of thing, but, or it can look like that, but when it's when you're not going for a triple double every night i think it shows a lot of hustle yeah it, and that's that's what i like to see he's like really ready to try and really ready to give it his all and i think like we've said it before he's going to be really awesome on defense he's already showing a lot of defensive promise even though he is making like rookie mistakes um where he just flat out gets beat because he does the wrong thing. What I'm really impressed about is his like ability to work off the dribble, which is cool. Um, I don't remember which game, but he had the the three point line pump fake, and then he dribble drove and uh, did an athletic uh, layup off the glass. It was fucking uh, unreal. I I love him so much. I'm I'm real excited to to watch him grow on this team. Yeah. He's he's the player I'm most excited about, other than Anthony Curry, Anthony Tolliver. <laughs> Anthony Curry Tolliver. Overall, I'm very disappointed in this team, and I know that Tibbs is playing people less minutes and starting to get rotations going a lot better, mm -hmm. but I don't know if it's because of that or if it's because he doesn't have the starting five that he had last year. Like, last year, our starting five was lights out. If he still had a lights out starting five, I'm wondering if he would still be playing Carl Anthony Towns 38 minutes a game. 
But it's the same. It's, I hope not. It's the same starting but, five. Are you just saying that he sees that they're not as good? The chemist- yeah. Well, the chemistry is all off. Mm-hmm. No one's pass. Like there's a there is a block in the offense where like no one or Jimmy Butler is holding onto the ball, won't pass to Towns, so he ha- he has to pass to Jeff Teague, who will pass to Carl Anthony Towns. Right. Sometimes. Sometimes, but sometimes shoot it. Mm-hmm. And he looked pretty good in the first game, but uh, yeah, we all know our feelings about Jeff Teague. Yeah. I like honestly, no matter how Jeff good Jeff Teague looks in one game uh, there's no doubt in my mind that he will always regress to his normal Jeff Teague self which is so okay and sometimes even worse than okay uh, which is a sixth man on a good on a good playoff team yeah I'm with it uh so what do you think about this uh alleged Houston Rockets for first rounder uh trade that they've been talking about I I think that Houston doesn't seem to tank much. So four first rounders from Houston, does that sound like a great plan? I mean, it doesn't look like their window's open for very long, but they don't have a history of tanking. So it doesn't look like the same thing as what the Brooklyn trade could be. But as a Timberwolves fan, I'm not excited about going back into the bleak darkness of the late 2000s. I would be... I would be in favor of it, though. How about you? I am very much in favor of it. Any time that you've got that many draft picks we're talking about, so like the last one would convey in 2025, uh, which is a long time from now, or 2026, I guess, um, the 2025 season and then the the draft of 2026. Um, So we'd get their pick this year, then their pick in 21 their pick in 23 and 25. So 25. Um, and by that point, uh, Chris Paul may or may not be uh, still a functioning person. Uh, James Harden will be 33 uh, or 34. Uh, who knows what the rest of that roster will look like as Chris Paul and James Harden's salaries continue to elevate. Um, I think there's a, a chance that even though the first couple picks might not give us that much help, we're looking at seven years from now, that team could be in disarray. They could, it could, it, it'll be unrecognizable because seven years from now, James Harden and Chris Paul won't still be on that team. I mean, maybe James Harden, definitely not Chris Paul though. So I, I totally agree with you from a personnel standpoint, except for Daryl Morey. I don't think Daryl Morey has ever tanked. I mean, the last time they were in the lottery was in 2011, 2012. The 2012 draft was the last lottery they were in. Right. Uh, but my th- So that's that's what my worry is, is that we don't even get a lottery pick out of it. My thoughts on Daryl Morey is that I think that he just wants to get a championship and get out. That's the feeling that I have. I, I, I was listening to him on the Woj pod, and... Uh, it got like the the topic of ownership came up and Woj asked if uh, Daryl Morey was interested in moving into that role Um, and Daryl Morey did not say no Um, and he's kind of mentioned thinking about you know different opportunities so I don't know how much longer Daryl Morey is going to be in Houston I think he's going to push 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 to get a championship which is why I think that he's willing to do the first 
you know, four first rounders because he just wants to win and get out. Because if they get Jimmy Butler, then they got a real shot this year. They got a real legitimate shot. <laughs> um, and right now they don't have a, they don't have a shot. Like this, they don't have even close to a shot. They're so shallow, yeah. and especially on the wing. And that's what like they have no wing defending, and that's what the biggest problem is with this team. Mm-hmm. They're one in four. They're one in four right now. We had them as our number two seed, and we. I mean, we almost wanted to bump them down, but we couldn't just because of how good they were last year. But without Luke Mbamute and without uh, Trevor Reza, uh, shout out to Cameroon, by the way. Hey, what's up, Cameroon? We out here. Um, <laughs> they are so bad on defense. Michael Carter-Williams, it, he's a... Uh, his defensive rating is 115. His offensive rating, or 116, his offensive rating is an 85. Oh He's my got a God. net rating of negative 31. Oh, my uh, God. So they didn't get anything out of him. Okay, well, hold on, They're hold no- on. Those stats are fucked up because they got fucking stomped by the Pelicans. That, like, that is not fair. I <laughs> get it. It's a five-game sample size, but... Still, they've looked so bad in five games. Yeah. And somehow, no one who was on the team before has gotten worse. It's literally just the role players that they have who are all worse than the role players they had before. Right. And None of them can play defense up to the level that they need because Chris Paul is going to be saving a lot, and Mm -hmm. James Harden doesn't play defense. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's looking rough for the Rockets. I think though that even without Jimmy Butler, eventually they will get their shit together. I think there's just some some chemistry shit, and you know, joining... they lost to the Clippers last night by twenty. I know, I know, I know, and it's but they it's... didn't ha- they they didn't have James Harden, but yeah, and Chris Paul is still out, or is Chris Paul Chris Paul's back now? Chris Paul's back. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah. It, there's there's new players and the the Rockets had a really tightly knit thing last year like they they've really clicked and really clipped along and that like parts they like Luke Mbamute and uh, Trevor Reza are veteran role players who have been role players their entire careers and like know what it takes to be the best role player you can possibly be you know. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas Michael Carter Williams is trying to save his career, James Ennis is young and unproven, um, so it's going to take some time for them to actually get to where they're going to be. That being said, uh, I don't know if they have what it. I don't. I don't think they have the stones to make a run this year unless they trade for Jimmy Butler. So that being said, is Marquise Chris Brandon Knight and four first rounders worth it for the Wolves? Um, hard to say in the present if that is is worth it but it's enticing because of the fragility of this team's future yeah it's just tough for me to say that we're going to get anything out of it but right now it feels like jimmy butler is a wash he's not helping our team win right now and if we get rid of him, it's possible that the other players will step up because it's just so clear. I was um, I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast, and Brian Windhorst was saying after the home opening win against the Pacers, 
the whole locker room cleared out within 10 minutes and Jimmy Butler was the only one there and Brian just had an interview with him one-on-one and just the fact that the whole locker room cleared out and he was that he was in the locker room just smiling shows that no one wants to be wants to win with him they want to win but they don't want to win with a guy who is all about him and is all it Jimmy says that he's all about winning but he's all about winning on his terms and I don't and I don't think that he is a positive to the Timberwolves right now and so maybe getting him off the team wouldn't make the Wolves worse actually yeah I'm I'm with it and if the the thing about the the picks specifically is that Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins are an expensive pair um and being able to acquire young talent having two draft picks every other year for the next several years is going to give the Wolves the ability to uh get good talent on cheap contracts which, and high schoolers are going to come out. Yeah, so like there's there's going to be a bunch of really enticing young players that can help be the young star with our, you know, aging stars. Granted, I don't know if Andrew Wiggins is ever going to be a star, but with our <laughs> aging star, um he might he might blow up like an aging star supernova. But yeah. yeah. Um and then it'll give the Wolves like some cap flexibility, hopefully, um to go get free agent pieces. Granted, the Wolves are not never going to be able to get any, you know, top echelon free agents. But if they've got cap flexibility, they can, you know, finagle their way into some mid-level free agents, I'm sure. Um, especially if, if Towns is good. If Towns is, is really good, then they can get decent free agents with cap room. You know, there's, like, there's, there's going to be a, a, a possibility. That's what I want. That's true. I want... I just want Cat to be good. Cat, please be good. Please be better. You are the whole future of our franchise is resting on your shoulders and please take it upon yourself to be the greatest Timberwolf of all time. Take us to the finals, baby. Yeah, that's all I want. I wanted to bring up really quickly though. Hold on. Um Okay. Pause. <clears throat> Apparently trade talks have opened up, reopened between the Wolves and the Heat too, which is exciting um because that's a, a little bit more of a win now yeah win now possibilities with uh justice winslow or josh richardson or maybe even rodney magruder who doesn't look terrible he's been like pretty decent in the first uh few games for the heat um what is the possibility that we get both winslow and richardson i don't know um, I think it depends on, it depends on the urgency. It depends on if they can leverage like a strong, like the Rockets offer into trying to get better stuff, you know? Um, I don't know. I, I think it's slim. I think that the, the, the relationship between the heat and the Timberwolves is damaged. So I'm, I'm not too hopeful that, you know, the Wolves can pull off that type of, excellent deal well and pat riley won't make a trade unless he wins it because he knows he can get anyone he wants in free agency basically basically um i and i think that's the type of thing where jimmy would want to go there next year if they had the cap room i don't know what their cap situation is but i think they're pretty 
um, tight on the cap line, uh, which is why they're so interested in trading for him because they don't have any money because they paid a bunch of okay players. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a role play of Tibbs and Pat Riley uh, in an office together trying to make a deal. All right, how about Justice Winslow and Josh Richardson? Suck my dick! And he whips out his dick and flops it on the table. It's like 17 feet long. Are you saying that uh, that Tibbs is going to use sex to get what he wants? That's right. Well, and Pat Riley is going to use his leverage. To get that, that valuable, valuable Tom Thibodeau blowjob that everyone in the that, league wants. That's right. <laughs> that's why his voice is so messed up is because he's been giving blowjobs to all the coaches around the league. Truly, Doc Rivers taught him that. Truly the most valuable asset in the NBA right now. Um, so happy to have him on our side. Um, but yeah, I think that's like good on the Wolves. Um, I'm going to cut 90% of this. We should do notes next time. All right, five worst predictions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll go first. Um, okay, quick. We are just kind of going back and we're talking about the, the, some predictions we made that after two weeks now of NBA basketball look pretty bad um, or that we just disagree with um, or want, want to reevaluate. So the takes, the takes that I was most wrong about. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start with the in our Western Conference playoff preview. You presented a scenario in which the Portland Trailblazers tank and trade CJ McCollum, and you insulted their uh, wingman rotation, um, and you just said that it's not that good of a team. And, sir, I got problems. I got problems with that. Listen... This team, they look really good. They look really good, and they've, they're being fueled by the death of their longtime owner. Like nothing fuels a team more than tragedy. Like yeah, I didn't. I didn't know Paul Allen was gonna <laughs> die on me. That's not you fair. could have assumed, <laughs> Dylan. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Was he like ninety two? Assume death. I don't know. I thought, I thought he was younger, but I don't know. Maybe let me look it up. Um, I think he was like sixty five. No way. Yeah, Paul Allen died of, like, Hodgkin's lymphoma at 65. Seriously? I thought he was so old. I thought he was so old. Yeah, he was born in 1953. Damn. I guess he just looked old because he was very sick. Um, yeah, yeah, dog. But, yeah, so too bad for Paul. Uh, thoughts thoughts of prayers. Uh, we, we went through a similar thing a couple years ago with R.I.P. Flip. We love you. Always in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't. I didn't mean to uh, make fun of his death, uh, but I am using it. <laughs> but you're using it as, as fuel. Yeah, I've got. I've got no heart or emotion. So, um, get over it. Uh, anyway, the Blazers look awesome. Damian Lillard is amazing. You. Almost said that Victor Oladipo and Damon Lillard were the same skill. You didn't quite say it, but you might as well have said it. And I just, I can't believe you. Damon Lillard is one of the best point guards in the damn league. It's fucking... What about Oladipo, one of the best point guards in the whole league? He's not a point guard. He's a, he's, I could call him a lead guard, but he's not a point guard. That's for sure. Um, it's Dame time, motherfuckers. 
It's Dame time. And in fact, I'm moving the Blazers way up. I'm moving. They're not. They're not going to be. We have them seven seed. Mm-mm. I'm moving them up to fifth seed. I'm doubling down. I'm going to say they're out of the playoffs, dude. Okay. Okay. And who's who's in then? Okay. I, I probably Nuggets. Yeah. Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Nuggets are in. Blazers out. And but the Spurs are still in. Spurs are good. Are they? Yeah, I think the Spurs. Well, here's the thing. What is the team? So you have a wash when it comes to DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge. And we know that the Portland Trailblazers are shallow. Once again, Jake Lehman should not be starting for them. It's, uh, it's just because Moharkless is hurt right now. Moharkless has been playing. But he's got like a he's got like a a leg issue Minute, or a, does he have a minutes restriction? Yeah. Let me well, let me look that up so that I'm not I don't look like an idiot. One moment. <laughs> let's do research next time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, maybe we should do let like, just like a little bit of prep for the show. Um. Yeah. Off the bench, knee. He's got a knee thing. So he's not healthy. He so, has he hasn't been healthy for a while. He's had like a, this this knee issue that's going on. So maybe that's hopeless to hope that Moharkless is going to be healthy all of a sudden. My point is, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum are too damn good for this team to fall out of the playoffs. I don't care. I don't care my, who you put around those two. They're fucking studs. So you think Terry Stotts is going to be in the playoffs over Greg Pop- Popovich? Uh, uh maybe. I think. It's, I feel I, like that. I think it's definitely possible. I think the Oklahoma City Thunder have a. That's for later. What's because uh, this is this is a, we're both assuming that the Nuggets are going to be in the playoffs. But you think the Oklahoma City Thunder could be out of the playoffs? I'm actually that brings us to my number five, mm-hmm. which is OKC. We you picked OKC initially in our ranks at number two, <laughs> and Andre Roberson does not make an zero and four team four and zero. Let's just say that. Uh. Yeah, I think that's pretty true. Um, but Russ missed the first the three games, right? He missed the first game, but it was against the uh, the Warriors, so you can just assume that the Warriors were going to win that game no matter what on home court, getting r- their rings and all that shit. True. Um, but you saw Deontay Burton played, right? He played good minutes, like six. <laughs> hey, you know what? I know you've been taking crap for that, for that take. Mm-hmm. But I th- I think that that wasn't a bad take. The fact that he was undrafted and he's even playing in the NBA, uh, I think he scored five points on seven in seven minutes one one time. Mm-hmm. That's that's a good take. That's hey, a good take. I found the talent. NBA teams hire me. Come on, let's go. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that being said, I did pick the Oklahoma City Thunder at uh, second <laughs> in playoff seating at one point. Um, but Russ missed the first two games. So they're they're 0 and 2 with Russ, 0 and 2 without Russ. Listen, I'm still holding out hope for this team. Patrick Patterson is off to a rough start. Russ is just coming off surgery. Dennis Schrader is just getting he's just getting used to the, you know, pl- playing with these guys. I'm I'm going to say at some point during the season this team is going to go on a long winning streak or like they're going to go like 18 and 20 or something like that and they're gonna hover around 500 for most of the season and then they're gonna burst for a little while and then 
we're gonna be talking different about them, especially once Ham Hamadou Diallo looks really awesome. Once he's more acclimated to the league and like has a little bit more experience under his belt. Uh, the only thing that's gonna be eighteen and twenty is uh Russell Westbrook's uh assists and rebounds. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he'll ever get over that? Like, do you think he'll ever just be able to play to win? And <laughs> like Russell Westbrook reminds me of my mother. And <laughs> in that I say, no, he will be, he's going to be so stubborn that he will just play for himself for the rest of his NBA career in Oklahoma city and never win a championship. He might miss the playoffs half of the years he plays. Oh yeah. And he could miss it this year. I don't know. I like, I think Russ and Paul George are too good to miss the playoffs. I, I do. And Stephen Adams, but they're not too good to get out to go out on the first round. <laughs> right. No. Yeah. Once they're in the playoffs, no. There's you know, they could do anything. Who knows? <laughs> playoff P. Um, playoff Punk. But yeah, you know, I you may think that take is bad. I still have a lot of hope in this team. Uh. We'll we'll see how they look when Robertson comes back. <laughs> All right, Chalanga, oh, what is my fourth worst take of the NBA season so far? Uh, I'm gonna talk about. I also kind of agreed you, with you on this, but my gut kind of made me feel like I was wrong, and that's the Los Angeles Lakers at third in the West. Uh, when we first did this, we had them at seven, and to me that felt really right, um, because. The roster is a mess. No, it's, it's not. It's a mess. No. Yeah, it really is. And they don't play any defense, and they will not be able to play any defense all year. Um, and you can't beat teams if you can't play defense, no matter how much you can score. Like, their, their defensive rating right now is, like, in the 120s, uh, <laughs> which is... Uh, you can't you can't outscore that. You just can't. There is nothing better than the chemistry between LeBron James and Lance Stevenson right now. I love that. I do like I love me some Lance, even though it, I just like I can't believe what I'm seeing when I watch him. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, who let this insane person on an NBA court? What's going on? They beat the Nuggets. So? The Nuggets were 4-0, and and they beat them. That's a significant thing. They beat them by seven points. Yeah, and the Nuggets are going to – they're off to a hard st hot start, but I, 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 have, I don't have faith in the Nuggets. The Nuggets seem very fragile to me. Ugh, whatever. I think that the Lakers are still going to be in the playoffs. I think that they still have a chance to be a top-five team in the West. I mean – the West is so – there's so much talent in the West. I don't – some – the Nuggets aren't going to be at the top of the West at the end of the year, obviously. God, no. God, no. I don't know how the Nuggets are playing so well with Paul Millsap, like, still middling. <laughs> uh, but Jokic the is, is playing really great. Gary Harris is playing really great, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but you know what's going to happen with the Nuggets is that Nikola Jokic's fat ass is going to get tired in the middle of the season and they're going to lose a lot of games and they're going to end up they they might make the playoffs, but they're not going to be this good. They're just not they're not going to be. 
um, for the sake of us all. I just feel like that uh, it was such a defining moment when we beat the the Nuggets in the uh, to get into the playoffs, and I feel like our franchises are in similar part, similar points in our franchise's lives. Yeah, lives. Um, so Lights. I just whatever it is, we're connected at the hip, and all I want is to see this team even even since 2004 when uh when uh who was it earl um who was the little guy in 2004 2004 playoffs yeah the earl what's his face uh earl from my name is earl my it might have been it might have been jason whatever his face is from my name is earl (laughs) uh earl campbell no, that's a football player. I don't know who you're talking about. Just a second. Earl Boykins. So oh, even in the 2004. Boykins. Yeah, even going back to 2004 when we were in the playoffs against the Nuggets and Earl Boykins and maybe even Carmelo was there. Uh I I just remember being super connected to this franchise. We've always been able to like or at least when Kevin Garnett was on our team, we were able to beat these guys in the playoffs. Well, and we do play them four times a year every year. Yeah, so. they're in our division, so we we only play them four times a year. Mm-hmm. Oh, it just feels like this is this is the Timberwolves' greatest rival. Can I be right in saying that? Uh, sure. You know, I don't think the Wolves have uh very much. They 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 just aren't good enough, or have ever been good enough to actually have a rival. But the Nuggets neither are have the Nuggets. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> So we're like in the same spot in our franchises. Like that's what mm-hmm. I, how I feel about us. So I just I don't want the Nuggets to be good before we're good. So let's hope that they have some kind of regression. What is my third worst take? Or wait, no, this no, is it my your turn? turn. Your yeah, fourth your turn. worst take. Okay, so oh yeah, I'm totally ready on this one. I'm gonna destroy you. Your fourth worst take is that n- there are no Spurs role players who will be better once they're off of the Spurs. That is your fourth worst take. Okay, and I. And I love it. I love this. This year, Danny Green's uh, net rating is 25. He's got an offensive rating of 131 and a defensive rating of 106. He's starting for the Toronto Raptors, who are just playing out of their minds right now. He has 11.2 points per game. He's shooting three threes. He's making three threes a game at 45%. He's playing out of his mind without Greg Popovich. I love it. I love watching Danny Green in the playoffs in 2013-2014. And I'm even going to go back in history. David West, Aaron Baines, Kevin Martin, Jamichael Green, and especially the most important one, George Hill. They were all known more for their time off of the Spurs than they were on the Spurs. George Hill being probably the greatest example because then he went to Indiana and was almost uh, an all-star player. Okay, hold on. So you said J. Michael Green. J. Michael Green. Uh, who David like, David West, who was on... Okay, so He David was on the West, Spurs for like a year or two. Okay, fine. But George Hill was the most important one out of all of them. Okay, fine. I'll give you, I'll give you George Hill, who was better on the Pacers. Fine. I'll give you Kevin Martin's career ended once he went to the Spurs. There might have been some injury involved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna blast back at you with how's Tony Parker doing? 
but uh, you just really uh, tore my take apart. Yeah, Tony so, Parker's not doing great, but it's just like we all knew Tony Parker wasn't going to do great. Danny Green is playing out of his mind. He's really playing super well. And I don't think that just because a player is coming off the spurt, I think you're right. Greg Popovich is a great coach. He's going to exploit the talents of role players. But just because they're doing well on the Spurs doesn't mean that no other coach in the league is going to be able to exploit those same skills. That's all I'm saying. All right. Very fair. I feel a little butt. I feel butt hurt. But <laughs> what's my third worst take? Your third worst take. I'm going back to the Timberwolves preview podcast when you said, and you continue to defend that Carl Anthony Towns is a four, not a five. So your your main point of evidence was the 2016-17 season where he played along Gorgie Jang uh, for most of the season. He It was kind of like Gorgie Jang, Kevin Garnett, and Nikola Pekovic were all at one point starting uh, at the center position alongside Carl uh, Anthony Towns. Mm-hmm. And statistically, that was one of his greatest seasons. His usage was high. His points per game were the highest of his season. His rebounding was the highest uh, of uh, of his career. So I'm salivating for the second half of that season again. 28 points, like 13 rebounds. Oh, it, my God. It was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. But defensively, he was so much worse. He was uh, his his defensive box uh, plus minus was a whole point lower as primarily the four than it is the five. So you argue that defensively he can't hack it as a center, and yet when he plays most of his minutes at the four, he becomes even worse defensively. So. He's not good defensively at the five, so it's like if let's if if you're gonna take one, I'd rather take incredible offense over middling defense. You would rather take incredible. Okay, so but you've got incredible offense uh, from this power forward, who is then having to guard, uh, like small fast forwards on the wing. Like we're gonna have put Carl Anthony Towns. Okay, he has to guard Kevin Durant right now because Steph Curry. He's got to guard <laughs> Steph Curry. Uh, one time, one time. <laughs> it was amazing. It was an amazing one time. Listen, hey, man, it's a all bad it takes take. Is once. It's a bad take. He can't hack it on the. He can't hack it defensively on the perimeter, and he's gonna learn how to be a, a defensive presence in the paint. He is already learning. He looks a little bit better this year what? on the defensive end of things. Um, what? You're right. I did see this really good block where he just hit it right off the backboard. It was a classic Kevin Garnett move. Mm-hmm. He blocks it off the backboard and gets his own rebound. Oh, my God. It, it's so beautiful. He needs to do more of it. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. I think it's a bad take. I think that the Wolves would be so much worse starting another big man next to Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, it just is not a sustainable form of basketball. In Cat, Cat will be a, a five. Uh, he will he be. is. He currently is a five. Well, he currently is, but he will be a great five. And great? I'm not, yes. He will be He'll be a top 20 center of all time in the NBA. Okay, yeah. You're right. Sorry. I, I think When I said I great, he, I was thinking you, you were still talking about four, but you're talking about five. Yes. He, he no, will be great. He will be great. All I'm saying is that time after time, you look at Tim Duncan 
and you look at uh, Anthony Davis, they're the place that they excel the most as a younger player is at the four with a five next to them who's really good, like David Robinson. I think it's going to take longer for Cat to be a really great rim protector, and I just think it takes more time in the NBA. That's that is all I'm saying. I I re- will revise my take to say it takes longer to become a great rim protector, and I do think that it will be possible later in his career. But I think that if we wanted the Timberwolves to be the best that they possibly could be right now, Carl uh, Anthony Towns as a stretch four next to a really strong defensive center or defensive big, at the very least that they could switch with, would be probably the best pairing for him. If you ask me, not a Taj Gibson. Taj is close, but he's just not. He doesn't have the size to um, really switch and play at the big position. I mean, he he can play small ball five, but he's not a five. <sighs> I will never, I will, I will never agree with you. Cat's All a right. five, and he's only a five. <laughs> what do you got? Your third worst prediction. Are we only on third the, right now? Oh, but I'm going to do second for you. Okay, got you. Yeah, for the for the NBA season is that you had LeBron MVP. We don't need to talk about it that much. The Lakers did not start off very hot. Uh, and I don't know if LeBron James is going to be MVP. Uh, it's early to say. And I, I don't like this take that I had as much now. But uh, – or, or I – Sorry, I don't I don't like this pick as much as I had as much as I did a week ago when I started thinking about it um, for you saying LeBron was MVP and me saying, oh, no, that's not going to happen. But just because there's they're starting to go on a win streak now here and who knows what's going to happen because uh, LeBron can do anything. But, yeah, the Lakers don't look as good as we thought they were going to be. And they're I can't see them being a three seed. That's for sure. Um, yeah, like I said about the Lakers, I'm a little concerned about them. And my thing, though, is like it makes me so sad because if LeBron doesn't win MVP this year, he might never win an MVP again. It is sad. LeBron (laughs) should have won about three more MVPs in his career than he did. Um, especially like James Harden probably year and Russell Westbrook year. We're trying uh, just looking back. Those don't look as good as um, maybe they were before. Uh, just because James Harden doesn't ever figure anything out in the playoffs. Like, are you really the most valuable player to your team if you just give up in the playoffs every year? Anyway. Uh, yeah, I think we're kind of in agreement. I don't think this team's going to be able to win 50 games anymore. And that's sad, but I think that they'll still be in the playoffs. I do. Yeah, we'll see what's what happens. My, we'll see. What's my second worst take? Uh, your second worst take is uh, a team I'm riding hard this year. Is You picked at the 26th worst team in the NBA, the Orlando Magic. I knew you were going to <laughs> do this. And I, I'm coming right the fuck back at you for this. What, what, do, you, what do you have to say that could possibly... Or, or or not about the magic, but about something else. It's about the magic. Oh, what do you have to say about the magic? I want you to talk first. I okay. got a mic drop. Okay, listen up, listen up. 
Aaron Gordon looks amazing. So far this season, he's shooting 40% from three, which I will acknowledge he started last year really hot from the three-point line and really dipped by the end of the year. But he was also battling injury for like all of last year. He's scoring 16 points a game, nine rebounds a game, and a block. Um, this guy's good. He's really, really good, and he's just getting better all the time. Granted, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think <laughs> <laughs> you took the under on them at 25 wins, and I, I just can't see them being that low in the win column. They're Aside from their point guard position, they are very excellent. They're very, very excellent. Uh, no, okay, excellent is strong. But <laughs> uh, Evan Fournier looks good as ever. Um, fucking uh, Jonathan Isaac is back, and he's ready to show you that he is actually really good. He's kind of the forgotten player from that draft class that is really good and everyone loves. You know, everyone's like, oh, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum. But Jonathan Isaac is forgotten. He's really, really good, and he's a, a super... Um, versatile defender he's got a little bit of a mid-range offensive game he can work off the dribble a little bit i just i just want to say i think that draft class was worse looking back on it at, than it was last year when we were when we were first dealing with it does that make sense it's worse just now just looking back on it it feels a little bit worse so who sorry who did you say you say uh jason tatum donovan mitchell dennis smith jr it's a really a drop off after that. Dennis Lonzo Jr. Ball, De'Aaron okay. Fox, <clears throat> Laurie Markkinen, Josh Hart. Josh Hart was Kyle Kuzma a rookie last year too. Yeah, he was. Yeah, it was. It was okay. It was a bunch of okay players, but who are the stars? It's Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum, and that's it. Who Maybe are the Lonzo stars Ball. after one season? But the fact is, we've got stars after one season, like legitimate stars. Jason Tatum and Donovan Mitchell are already stars in this league. Yeah, but after, everyone was saying, like, this is the greatest draft of all time. It's not the LeBron draft, that's for sure. Well, no, but it it could overall, it has the potential to be better. Like, because, I, I, like I've said, I can see Jason Tatum being one of the best players in the league. Like, he is on his way to be an all-time great. Do you think he could be a top 10 player all time? I just couldn't see it, but maybe. Uh, that, I mean, top, top 10 all-time is tough. But when I say all-time great player, I mean, like, you know, top 25. Like, I think that's, that, like, a, a cutoff point. That 2004 draft, or was, was it 2003? 2003. That 2003 draft was insane. LeBron. Mello, LeBron, Dwayne, Dwayne Wade. No, Mello like th- came a year later. Oh, he did? Mm-hmm. Oh, because Mello decided to go to a year of school. Mm-hmm. Um, but Chris Bosh was in 2003. Jesus Christ, that's like three top 30 players of all time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I and think LeBron's that, the greatest of all time. So I I think that the 03 draft is always going to be better. But I, I mean, but this this draft goes low. So we said Kyle Kuzma. There's Jarrett Allen, OG Ananobi. Like, it's it's just crazy. The almost the entire first round was studs. There are so many good players in the NBA right now. I think we can both agree on that. Oh, I'm sorry. You were correct. Carmelo Anthony was in that draft class. My bad. Oh, so see, like that's a that's a that's an insane draft class. Okay, okay, but hold on. Let's <laughs> let's look at this. So it's LeBron, Darko, Melo, oh. Bosch, 
Wade. So that I was still the love Darko. That was the top five. And then after that, it goes Chris Kamen, Kirk Heinrich, TJ Ford, Mike Sweetney, and Jarvis Hayes. I knew half of those names. <laughs> Uh, and it really drops off. I mean, granted, in the middle of the first round, we got, like, uh, David West, Boris Diaw. Come um, on. Boris Diaw is on a boat. We'll out see. in the Mediterranean. You know, we'll see. Oh, Kyle Korver was in this draft in the second round, and so is Zaza. Um, Come on, man. That's a great draft. It's a it's a really good draft. I'm not I'm, – and, and the top, I don't know if there's ever going to be a top that good again. That's, like, that top five minus one. It was really, really amazing. Um Hey, which one was it? Because Darko's maybe one of the greatest cherry farmers in the world right now. Well, I'm just saying that, you know, Chris Bosch's career got cut short. So that, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah, That's that's what I thought you were saying. Yep. (laughs) R.I.P. Chris Bosch. He could come back, though. Oh, boy. Anyway, listen, I'm all about the magic. I think that they're going to be a mid-30s win team. (laughs) Uh, Was there over under really 25? Uh, I believe so. I think it was 25.5. Okay. So how many wins did they have last year? 31. I'm looking it up right now. They're, no, oh, they had 25 wins last oh, year. Oh, I was getting it back. Okay, the over-under was 31.5. But you took way under. Yeah, I'm still way under. They're 2-3 uh-huh. and three right now through five games. Do you know what they were through five games last year? I think they were 5-0. and oh. They were four and one. Four and one. I remember they, they got were off to four a and one. really hot start last year. Eight and four. They were eight and four the first through their first twelve games. I remember this. It was them and the Pistons also got off to a good start and everyone was like, Oh, maybe the East is different than we thought and then both those teams got bad. Yeah, that's my mic drop. This team's best player is still Nikola Vucevic. Who is awesome. <laughs> 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 oh, I I I need some oxygen. I'm also gonna argue. I'm gonna argue that um... <laughs> you can't argue with this. They were eight and four with like the same team last year, and then they ended up winning 25 games. You think they're gonna win more than 31 and a half games? Are well, you I'm kidding gonna, me? I'm gonna argue that Aaron Gordon is their best player, and I'm gonna say that uh, certainly their Steve... highest paid. Steve Clifford is good at turning teams around. Steve Clifford's first season as the Charlotte Bobcats coach, he took a tw- tw- he took a twenty-one and sixty-one team and turned them into a forty-three and thirty-nine team. So, come on, Clifford, that Help was me out you're here. right. That was maybe the best Charlotte basketball team of all time, right? Uh, one of <laughs> no, they made the they made the playoffs one other time. Um, so. Like, maybe three other times. Muggsy made the playoffs one year. Okay, once again, we spend too much time talking about the magic. Yeah, it's because I had a mic drop, and then you had to keep going. That's the real problem. (laughs) I love this one. I love this take. Actually, you know what? I'm going to switch my two and one. Your second worst take is the Cleveland Kevin Loves. Yikes. You were really on top of Cleveland. Like, you initially... We almost had these guys in the playoffs, and I was like, I can't do this. I can't put Cleveland in the playoffs. And you were so excited to put Kevin Love back in the playoffs in the, as the eighth seed. 
there is no way that this team is going to be the eighth seed. They are garbage. Kevin Love is garbage. Maybe it's injuries, or maybe Kevin Love's psyche has been messed up by playing with LeBron for a couple years, but he's garbage. He's a garbage basketball player now. I miss you, Kevin Love. I miss how good you were, but you've been playing like shit, and your team has looked so bad that they lost to the Timberwolves by like 10. Yeah, this one does not look great for me. <laughs> um, I was uh, I was really hoping for like a revenge based uh, comeback season for the Cavs, but so far it looks like they're just a bad basketball team. All right, what's my worst take of the year? Your worst take of the preseason of the preseason is almost putting the Charlotte Hornets out of the playoffs. So (laughs) where do you think they're going to be? I think the Charlotte Hornets have a chance to be the fifth best team (laughs) in the East. I'm saying it right now. Write it down, folks. Write it down. The Charlotte Hornets could be better than Philly. They could be better than the Heat. They could be better than the Pacers. And hell, they might be better than the Wizards, too. Um... Because the Wizards look pretty bad right now. Uh, True that. But Kemba Walker has the opportunity this year to win most improved player. And he's already really good. Um, He's currently, he already has had two 40-point games. He is taking more three-pointers than ever. He looks like the the Kemba that everyone knows and loves. But he uh, cranked up his skill level by like 10 notches this offseason. He looks amazing. He can't be stopped. Um their roster problems are like fixed big time. There's just like so much more continuity. Malik Monk is back and looking like the Malik Monk that I loved in the draft last year. Miles um, Bridges is barely playing, but when he does play, he uh, does a lot of things that I like. He goes and gets. He had this board the other night I was watching where he just like leaped up with one hand over someone's back and ripped it down. And kind of like fell backwards as he was like ripping his body to grab the ball. I um, love it. Yeah, I love Miles. You know I love Miles. I know you love Miles, but you barely put this team. It took it took a posterizing dunk by Miles Bridges to put this to have you put this team as the A seed. But I think this team is going to be higher than the A seed. I think they're going to blow their over under of thirty five point five out of the water. I think this team has a chance to win between forty five and forty eight games if everyone can stay healthy. Um, James Borrego has really revitalized this offensive system and uh okay you're 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 going a little overboard I'm gonna totally agree with you except for I think you're going a little overboard they lost to the Bulls I mean it was a close game but they lost to the Bulls they're three and three and they watched they lost to the Bulls because Zach Levine is currently playing out of his damn mind Zach Levine as I told you is better than Andrew Wiggins he might be. Is and always will be. We should have traded Andrew Wiggins instead. Whatever. Uh, and that take is looking really good. That's one of my best takes. I have to say, that's one of my best takes of the preseason, right? The That Zach, Zach Levine, Levine is better than Andrew Wiggins? Oh, yeah. yeah that, that looks amazing. I was really questioning it when you said it, but it looks real good. So so I'm I'm glad about that. Jabari Parker... <laughs> 
never mind. Yikes. The Hornets do look very good. Their losses are to the Bucks, the Raptors, which are like two very forgivable losses. Like the yeah. Bucks are so good. They I don't know if the Bucks will exact- ever lose a game. <laughs> Not if Brooke Lopez is going to make five threes a game. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Brooke Lopez is the steal of free agency right now. Yeah. I got to say, I he was the steal of my fantasy team, too. I was really happy to get him. Yeah, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, you were like, oh, we're gonna, we're, I'm going to get all the rebounds. And it's like, no, you're going to get all the threes because Brooke Lopez is going to carry your team to three-point makes. Brooke Lopez and Kemba Walker. Yeah. Moving on. I love how many less minutes Michael Kidd Gilchrist is playing. Yeah. That's so good for their team. It's been so good for their team. Mm-hmm. Just to get rid of the Dwight Bola or the the Paradwight. We have our own nickname for him. And getting rid of Michael Kidd Gilchrist minutes, that's r- severely helped their team. I don't see them as being a five seed, but I think that we were right in putting them in the playoffs. And I don't know... I think we were both higher than on them than Vegas was, and then the general consensus was, which was a bubble playoff team, and I think that they're solidly in the playoffs. They're more than solid, my friend, and you're going to see at the end of the season when they're up there in the fifth seed. God, I fucking I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Yeah, uh, in, that, in that Chicago Bulls game, Zach Levine was 32, 5, and 4. Five yeah. assists, 4 rebounds. I, yeah, he's good. He's playing out of his damn mind right now. It's not going to keep up. He's not a 30-point-per-game scorer. <laughs> um, but we don't know. But we don't know. His shot looks so good. His He scored 30 in, like, every game this season. He <laughs> it's, is, he's a beautiful man. I love him. I love Zach Levine. I've always loved Zach Levine. And even when he was like talking about, like he was so cool with the press when he was talking about Andrew Wiggins and Cat. He's like, oh yeah, they're te- they were teammates of mine. I I ride hard for them. And uh, he's just a classy, classy man. I can't believe the Chicago Bulls even have one win this year. Yeah. Without Laurie Markkinen, and it's just because of Zach. And shout out to Zach. We love you. We yeah. still love you over here, in Minnesota. I'm- Wait. I've, I hated Zach Levine when he was on the Wolves, but I think I'm starting to come over to his uh, his uh, bandwagon now that he's not. Now that I don't have to root for him, uh, I think yeah. that really helps. Well, and now I think we're all more on his side when he was drafted by the Wolves, and he's like, "Oh fuck this!" Yeah, you remember that that get, uh-huh. that GIF where he yeah. was like, "Oh fuck this," and everybody's like freaking out. I can't believe he doesn't want to be on the Wolves. If you don't want to be on the Wolves, get out of here. And it's like. Uh, we all understand now uh, yeah. why you wouldn't want to be on the Wolves. This is the, one of the worst franchises in the NBA. I don't want to root for the Wolves, but I have to. I you know. know, I didn't choose where I was born. It's necessity, baby. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm just lucky that I get like a distant second Lakers uh fandom because uh yeah, this Timberwolves team is gonna be bad for a long time, and at least I get the Minneapolis Lakers over here in Los Angeles. Yeah, I'm about to become a Brooklyn Nets fan. In New Haven, I think that's the that's the smart choice before they get good. That's fair. You're not bandwagoning it, at least. I think the Knicks are going to be the next team in New York or in the New York metropolitan area that are going to be like able to win a championship. Oh, for sure, the Knicks are way closer. Um, but everyone likes the the Knicks. The Nets need I like it. the Nets need more fans, and I'm, I like it. I'm ready to be a Nets fan. All right. What's my worst take, Chalanga? Your worst take of the 2018-2019 preseason 
I'm not excited to hear this. <laughs> is Blake Griffin. Oh, okay. <laughs> I called I'm him gonna... trash, huh? Yeah. You <laughs> you said that he was trash. You thought that this uh, Detroit Pistons team was going to be trash. You were hard on the under. I thought that this team could, could win a lot of games, possibly, if they stayed healthy. They're not going to stay healthy, but let me just talk in the moment. I just want to speak in the moment right now. Is that okay? Yeah, please. Speak in the moment. I've, I've been nothing but speaking in the moment. Good. So. <laughs> 50 points against the Philadelphia 76ers. They, he trounced Joel Embiid in that game. Joel Embiid, I know that everybody loves his defense, and I want to be nice to him because I know that he's from uh, Cameroon, so I have to be nice to him. Thank you. But he was backwards. He was facing backwards covering Blake Griffin, and he stepped back and took a three on him. It was so disrespectful. It was amazing. I loved it. I loved seeing Joel Embiid facing backwards. Uh, Joel Embiid, who was a pretty poor sport in the playoffs against the Celtics. Uh, Scoreboard. Anyway, uh, I love Blake Griffin. I just want to point this out right now. He is currently 65% from three. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) He's making 3.8 threes a game. Totally sustainable. His effective field goal rating or field goal percentage is 64. His uh, free throw percentage is 67. He almost has a better effective field goal percentage than his free throw percentage. This is insane right now. This guy, I think he's going to sustain the playmaking ability. And I think that he can be a point forward for sure for this team if he can stay healthy. He's going to be able to keep up 25 points a game, but none of these percentages are going to be able to stay where they're at from the field. I'm just going to go straight to it. Uh, He is my early season MVP upset, and that is my pick for uh, MVP of the first week. Yo, when we go back and review these takes, that is going to be your worst take. As soon as I, I, can't, I can't wait, wait to see Blake Griffin on the ground holding his knee. No, you can't <laughs> say that. That's so mean. That is mean. I okay. I can't wait. Not for him, but f- for you. Like I can't wait so I can make fun of you for okay. saying that. Here's the thing: Pistons last year also had a great start. They started the season ten and three. Yeah, they were and amazing. They ended the season thirty nine and forty three. This is um, not even close to the same team. The, I just must say that's not a that's not a great comparison because this isn't even close to the same team that the Detroit Pistons were last year, from any standpoint. The Magic are much closer, I would say, to the same team. That is true. Uh, listen, Blake Griffin seems to be playing out of his mind. He had the absolute best game of his career um, in that overtime win. Uh, but I'm not backing down from my stance that uh, this team is bad. And this Ish Smith and Reggie Jackson playing at the same time deal is uh, precarious. Ish Smith's shooting percentages are precarious. 
Same with Reggie Jackson's. <laughs> but um, Blake, Blake Griffin's making up for both of them right now, so we don't need it. Yeah, we'll just see. This is another team that uh, they're walking on very thin ice, and if they're lucky, they'll make it across the lake. Um, but more likely than not, they're going to fucking fall in and freeze to death. Did I just hear you say that they have a chance to be in the playoffs? Uh, there's a chance, yeah. I mean, I, I would be stupid to say that there's not a chance, right? I would be dumb after after what I've just witnessed. Like, if if this team can stay healthy and continue to play at, you know, even 75 to 80% of how they're playing right now, then that is a playoff team in the Everyone East. else on this team can go down except Blake Griffin, and he has to be healthy the whole season for them to make it into the playoffs. Yeah, which, um, when's the last time he was healthy for a whole season? <laughs> Never. I don't, I, <laughs> I don't know if he's played 82 games in a season. Let me see. He has played 82 games in a season his rookie year. <laughs> Which was 2000, actually 2011. not his rookie year because his rookie year was lost oh, yeah, due right. to injury. And, and that was maybe his best year ever. Yep. And that's concerning. When a player's best year is their rookie year... <laughs> <laughs> that's a concern <laughs> hashtag carl anthony towns <laughs> okay but his best year was his sophomore year so let's let's well, step that back kind of, that that was kind of blake griffin's sophomore year okay anyway so who do you oh, have for mvp god uh, i have i have blake griffin for mvp who do you have for mvp uh kemba walker well thanks everyone for listening that was our five worst takes and a little bit of wolf's talk we'll be back soon uh, we probably should do uh, an awards prediction pod at some point. And we've got some other fun ideas um, in our heads that are going to come out in the coming weeks. So thank you for listening. Thanks, Jolanga. Yep. Thanks, Dylan. Peace. Bye, everyone.